This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my very bold co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? You have a bold color. I That's do. That's what I got today. I'm trying to go yeah. back to my bold jewel colors, as Lonnie had mentioned on Lonnie Enlander. We had mm-hmm. her earlier on the podcast. She talked about how jewel colors work, and I'm like, they do. They totally work. Yeah. Yes. I have my emerald on today. I know. So... The jewel colors, they're we, all We they're are all good. very colorful and looking good today. Unfortunately, nobody gets to see us. Yeah. Well, I know, right? All dressed we, up and nowhere to go. We are two good-looking friends, which <laughs> has a lot to do with our subject matter of the podcast today. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're talking all about how to find those friends when you're an adult, because when you were a kid, it was easy because you had school or you had like extracurricular activities. But when you're an adult, especially if you're a parent... Especially a stay-at-home parent, that's there's hard. no opportunities. Really, it is. They're very hard to find. It takes a lot more work, and that doesn't always work great for everybody's personality. And so, we're here to talk about, like, again, like how to get that going and why it's so important. Like, why those friendships make a big deal. Yep. So that is what we're talking about today on the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Hey, if you want to help your kids make and be better friends. I wrote a book just for them. It's called Me and My Friendships, and it is right now on pre-order. And it would mean so, so much to me if you can go and pre-order the book because, Brie, we learn on the podcast that pre-orders are huge for authors. I know. It helps the book stores to figure out how many books they're actually going to need on hand. And I have to say, I utterly love that book, Me and My Friendships. I want to read it, even though I'm a little out of the age range of that whole 6 to 11-ish Yes, Yeah, but (laughs) it's huge. It's huge. Pre-orders are huge, guys. And I have made it just a little sweeter for you and created another course just for your kids. Uh, It's a mini course called Really Good 
friendships and you get it free when you pre-order me and my friendships. And it's the only way to get this course. So you are like one of a very special few once you pre-order me and very, my friendships. Very exclusive. And you can find out all the details on that at noguiltmom.com backslash friendships. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, let's talk about friendships. Okay. And having friends as an adult, because you know what? Growing up, my parents didn't really have many friends. Like they stayed at home with us. They did everything with us. And when I first started thinking of having kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, like all my friends will go away. And it's just not true. That is a huge, huge fear that Mm -hmm. so many of us have. Like I like to joke about like the BC times, like before children, how our lives were so different. My parents did have friends growing up. Mm -hmm. They were their church friends, which was interesting because we moved across the country, but also within the city that we were living in, like they sometimes moved to churches. Mm -hmm. And so that was always awkward because those friendships would just, just get dropped and just like went away. And so like with you, like what you just said, like, while I had that example of friendships and how Mm -hmm. parents can have them, I also thought that they were solely dependent upon where you went. Right? Yeah. So I like it couldn't it couldn't bridge. Yeah, I I guess I I should backtrack just a little bit because my parents had work friends. Oh, okay. Like they they both worked. My dad was a teacher and my mom worked in administration at the hospital. And they had work friends that they like went out to lunches with. It was just like outside of the work environment. There was like it was a rare case where me and my sister had to like go to our grandma's because they were going out. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I was really afraid that all my going out days were over. And it's hard when you first have kids, especially if your core group of friends doesn't have kids. Oh, I know. Like there's nothing harder than being the first one out of all your friends that has kids. Mm -hmm. So like in my case, too, I had a really hard time making friends when I first came out here because I moved out after college. Mm -hmm. And I had a job where almost everybody you work with in that field was married and had kids. Uh-huh. So like nobody wanted to hang out with the single young chick that just moved out here. And like I struggled for a long time trying to find something outside of my relationship to have friends with. It was really, really hard. Like even once I had my kids, like they were my whole everything. It is hard because whenever you transition in life, your friendships almost have to transition too. They do. They do. It takes a lot of work to keep them going through those transitions if they're not the same place. It does. Because yeah. I, when I was a teacher, I had my teacher friends and we used to meet for girls nights and wine nights and everything. But then when I decided to you know, quit teaching, those kind of went away. Yeah. Because we didn't have that connection anymore. We didn't have those shared experiences to talk about. And it's not like I'm not friends with them. Like if I called any of them up, they'd be like, yeah, let's meet. It's just that seeing each other every day kind of made it more like in mind. You know, those friendships were top of mind. And once I didn't see people, 
we didn't communicate as much. Right? It, that totally happens. So one of the, the big issues we have is like, you know, after we have our kids, what are some things that are roadblocks to having friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're too tired. Too tired. Oh my gosh. Can you <sighs> like, you work all day, then you come home and all you want to do is watch Netflix and just going out seems like one more thing. Or even think about like once you first had your kids and you're probably home on maternity leave and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't sleep at night. The idea of having to socialize with somebody else and put together a, a well thought out sentence is mm-hmm. Exhausting. Yeah. Right? Or like we don't have anybody to watch our kids. So we would have to bring our kids with us. And then again, that limits our options. It does. It totally limits our options. Yeah. Or maybe we're dealing with like how you and I have talked about before, postpartum depression Mm -hmm. after having your kids. That's not something that that everybody gets over immediately. Like some people, it continues for a while. And the depression then can go into anxiety, which then also cause issues with you feeling like you can go out and meet other people. So I went through postpartum depression and I went into therapy for both of my kids after having them just because to deal with that. And I remember that thinking when I was home, I'm like, why doesn't anyone call me? Why doesn't anyone invite me out? And I was just in this like very sad state. And I went into one of my therapy appointments and I told my therapist this and she's like, if you want it, you're the one who needs to make the effort. And that whole phrase just completely changed how I looked at the situation. I'm like, of course, like it's not their job to call me and check in on me. Like if I want that to happen, I need to be the one who's like, hey, you want to go out or like making that invitation. And just that little piece like totally turned my mindset around and helped me feel like friends don't need to come to me. I can go to them. And it just changed all of my relationships. Which is huge because yeah. a lot of us don't come to that realization in that state. And also a lot so of that's us amazing. are... amazing. You had a good therapist. Yeah, she was good. <laughs> she was pretty good. And a lot of us are afraid of the rejection. Right? Like, yes, that you're already at a, a fragile point. So like, and then let's just be honest, that the practical reality of being in and out with kids, there are distractions, mm-hmm. there's interruptions. Oh, yeah. Their schedules might not be the same as your friend's kids. It can make it schedule uh, really, really difficult to... Have those conversations that that you need so that you can start a friendship. Yeah. But another thing that you just talked about, the rejection. The rejection. Because a lot of us are worried that, oh my gosh, if I let this new person see me with my kids, what if they judge me? What if they think I'm a terrible mom? What if I'm not as good as them? Oh, I never had that. Oh, goodness. A lot of us have that fear of like, what are other people thinking? What are they going to think? I never thought about that in terms of my parenting. I thought of that in terms of myself, though. I'm like, okay. I'm just not funny enough. Well, I'm just not like too. enjoyable to be around. Yeah. Right. So either way, it might be like a fear of your parenting being judged or mm-hmm. or gosh, that's even that's even scarier to me is the mm-hmm. whole judging me. Yeah. Like I at least I somehow I was able to hide behind being a mom. I was oh. worried about them judging my momminess rather than me myself. But that would be huge. So so those are the things that make it really, yeah. really hard. But that's also why having friends are so important, right? It is. Having those relationships that you can turn to and that the people who support you again and again. And that's not to say like there will be rejection that comes at times. Like forming those friendships and making those invitations, a lot of time your invitations are going to be turned down. And right. it's one of those things where you're like, okay, we can't this time. And so you try again and you try again and you try again and hopefully eventually everyone can connect. Right. And if you keep saying no, they're going to stop calling. Right. <laughs> that is that is 100% yes. true. So in that realm, yes. like I always worked after my kids were born, like all, even if it was part time. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting so 
upset too, right? Like you're talking about how people didn't invite me out for happy hours. Like Mm -hmm. I would hear about them doing stuff. And I'm like, finally, there was somebody that I had known through a couple of jobs. Because again, I worked in early childhood. It's a world where you kind of know each other. Mm -hmm. And I'd pop in this person. I've had like a couple of jobs together. And finally, one time I had enough comfort with that person to say, hey, how come I never get invited out? She's like, because you always say no. Oh, (laughs) she's like, at least she told you. Yeah, so truthfully. Yeah, yeah, she was like, because there's no reason for us to ask you. I mean, we could, but then you're just going to him and haw about it and say, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then you'll always bail out the last minute. How did you feel getting that feedback? It was harsh, but it's not like, and you know me, I'm, I'm, pretty open to things being said. So when she said that, I was like, huh, yeah, she's right. I totally do that. I totally would do that. And in my case, my argument or my defense was, I was always hopeful that my partner at the time would be okay with me going places because Uh, these friends didn't do things with their kids. It was Uh. it was always Sans kids. That was it just never worked out. You had that underlying anxiety about like not being able for your partner to take care of the kids. Yes. That you couldn't say yes. 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 Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say yes because I wanted to be that person. And then I just, yeah. But it, it, it was nice to hear that because then at least I was able to give people honest answers. Yeah. Can you go out? I'll be like, nope, I don't have childcare. But if you guys do it at this time or if you do it like at this place, then I could probably do it. Yeah. So like I, I needed, to, like you just said, I needed to communicate more. Well. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Bree here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. 
The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Well, it's hard though when you have that anxiety because a lot of times like when I used to get invited places, I immediately thought like, oh my gosh, this is all going to fall on my husband then to take care of the kids. <laughs> and this is the thought process. And if my husband was listening to this right now, he'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> Because I know, he has a unique... One of the things is that he's like, dads are not babysitters for their kids. Dads are dads. So like equal responsibility for the children. But that was always on my mind because I'm like, anything I say yes to falls on my partner. And I mean, it's always something to be considerate of. It's not like I'm going to go say yes, yes, yes to every opportunity. Right. But it's also me like going to my husband and being like, hey, I really want to do this. And there's always I mean usually there's always a way we can make it work barring like something like I had no idea that was going on or like an event we have to go to you know right exactly but it's hard there's so much guilt and it just ruins friendships with the guilt and it's like why why are we so in our heads moms why are we so in our heads <laughs> because that guilt is like just innate in us but hey we are no guilt mom and we are yes. here to help you fight through that guilt it's gonna yes. it's gonna be a fight it's something about the guilt so I'm reading this book on self-compassion mm-hmm and one thing that we know we Americans are known for is self-criticism. And I think all of Western culture kind of like, I think this goes for Europeans as well, but we're very critical of ourselves. And so when See we that? feel that guilt, our immediate reaction is being like, you shouldn't feel guilty. You shouldn't feel guilty. Well, it's impossible because like Phyllis Fagel, we were talking about this on her podcast episode. If you tell somebody, don't think about the white polar bear, they're going to think about the white polar they're bear. They're going to think about the white polar bear. So it doesn't work to say like, don't feel guilty. You're going to feel guilty. Like you're just going to think about feeling guilty. Well, you know, what's funny about that is like talking about the self-criticalness, like we're already feeling bad. So then we make ourselves feel bad about feeling bad. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. But, that is so but with this <sighs> book, it's like it says you just acknowledge your suffering and you're like, okay, this is suffering. And then it's like everybody goes through this. I'm just going to be kind. I'm I'm feeling guilty. It's hurting me. That's okay. I think that's really mm -hmm. powerful, accepting it, mm -hmm. acknowledging it's there, and then moving on is a huge thing. Because you can go through emotions, but you can't go around them. Yeah, that's what I've learned. So. That's what I've learned. So let's help you guys now. If you're looking for friends, we have some tips for you on how you can do that. Yes, we found four simple steps that we think that 
any mom can probably, you know, can, not probably, can do. Yes. All right? Yes. So what's step number one? Seek out other moms. This is huge. So like, this is something that I'm very excited about because we are coming off a pandemic. Yes. Things are opening up again. Yeah. So we can actually give advice that can be in person. I know. I know. We don't oh have to goodness. give online advice. It's really great. <laughs> no, don't, don't worry. We do have online advice we too, do, but yes. we're going to start with the in-person stuff. So Look for opportunities that are in your community. I know like back when my kids were young, mm-hmm. stroller strides was a big thing. Is that still a thing? I think so. <laughs> I did a few stroller strides. I could never gel with the other moms though, but I only went to one. That's the thing. When you find these new mom groups, you can't just go to one right. and like make the judgment. It has to be multiple. <laughs> and well, you have to go to like multiple groups and different things. So like, so that's another thing, like talking about finding different play groups on mm-hmm. Facebook or Meetup. Those things are yep. still very up and going and... The other thing, too, about that, like, so I, what I'm hearing you say is, like, go to different locations, but on top of that, also going to more than one meeting because there yeah. are people that miss one meeting. Well, and right? it's also, like, friendships aren't instant. It's no. more like a familiarity thing. So, like, you have to have multiple exposures to a person to be their friend. So right. it can't just be like, oh, I went to one and I didn't really connect with anybody. We have to go to more and more and more and have those shared experiences. And then with those experiences, you have a way to connect. Right. And I think that that's really, really important to say, yeah. because I think a lot of us are so hungry yeah. for that friendship. You just want to be like, see somebody across the room and be like, leave me my friend. And they, and they <laughs> say yes. And then you're like, oh my gosh, we both have the exact same thing. And it just doesn't happen that I've way. I've been there. Been there. So, so like other things that can be in your community, a lot of the local hospitals have free new mom groups. Mm-hmm. If you're a new mom, that's a great option. Yeah. There's local playgrounds. Like just going to playground, man. Yeah. Start a conversation with somebody else who's got kids. Oh yeah. That's a great place to find other moms. <laughs> is on the playground right because if there's anyone that can have a conversation it's a mom because Mm -hmm. we have to talk about elmo and dinosaurs and everything else under the god's green earth on a regular basis with our kids yeah so we could strike up a conversation with a stranger no problem Mm -hmm. and parks and rec mommy and me classes oh yes those are also like a really really great option and you don't have to go to your own and another one too that i saw pop up when i was researching this a lot was libraries oh Um, yeah library story hours all the time Mm -hmm. i think those are something that we're going to see coming back again post pandemic that were always really awesome and you get to see lots of different people at different times and there's a lot of different libraries you can go to yeah yeah I did a lot of those there's also a lot of opportunities to find other moms online too yes and connect online like we have one of them balance our coaching program for moms is really you're like a community of moms who have your back Right. And not only do we have in that one, do we have intellectual side of things where we're doing like workshops, but we make sure that we have that social component in there. Yes, we have book clubs. We just had a book club last night. Mm -hmm. And if book clubs aren't your thing, we have a social hour where you just get to come and talk about whatever. And in the book club, I think we talked about the book 10% of the time. Yeah. So we always tried to go back to it. But yeah, it's, it's just a fun conversation and you just see where it leads you. Right. That's really important. And then I found a new thing that was it, new to me, but uh, it's been around for a few years. It's called the Peanut app. I've heard of this app. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. So it looked really cool when I saw it. It talks about like how it's a safe place for moms and you can just kind of like connect with other people, both in your community and online. Mm-hmm. So that I thought that looked really, really awesome. So. That is cool. And you know what we should do for No Guilt Mom? Like as No Guilt Mom grows, we should totally have local groups. That would oh. be awesome. Oh my gosh, I would love to see that That would happen. be fun. Another one that I love is Facebook groups. Like I was just going through my Facebook page mm-hmm. the other day and I'm like, you know, I probably need to clean out some of these old groups because I think I'm a member of like 150 groups. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I, that's also because like when that was how I would try to reach out to people when I was a 
newish mom, right? Mm-hmm. When my and I say newish, to me newish is like anything under the age of five. Because once they get into school, you have a whole different, you know, well to draw from. Yeah. But like I had all these different moms groups that I was friends of that or that I was in that had like babies and toddlers and everything. And I'm like, okay, I think I, my kid's going into high school. I think I can let go of the baby toddler group for Gilbert. I think I can yeah, let that go. I think you let it go. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the groups also have local meetups too. Like I know Mom Nation here in Phoenix has a lot of local meetups and there's some other groups on Facebook that do that as well. But if you find a local parent group in your area, you can meet like moms in person. Right. And they're all searching for mom friends. I know, right? So you're not the only one that I know it's hard to put yourself out there. We were talking about the self-doubt that maybe someone's going to think badly of me or my parenting or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They are just as hungry for friendships as you are. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's going to be awkward at first and it's going to feel very weird. Like socially awkwardness. Hello, (laughs) my name's Joanne. I'm like so socially awkward. But after a while, when you like do it over and over again, you learn to embrace your social awkwardness as like a cute little quirk. (laughs) Yes. And you know, we have a great podcast coming up with Joanne Jarrett of the Fancy Free Podcast. And she talks about her great tip that I'm going to go ahead and share right now. Have an embarrassing story. Have an embarrassing story. It's the greatest way to relate to people. Have an embarrassing story. Story that's you know as embarrassing as you're willing to do, but hey, the more embarrassing the better, mm-hmm. and that'll really help break the ice. Oh yeah, like, comfortable to because people share like they hear that and they're all like, oh wait, and I gotta talk. You'll tell know you if they're your people because if they all look at you weird, you're like, okay, this was a great test. I don't have to come back. Yes, nice. Great, <laughs> So that's awesome. So try all that. Like there's lots of options for meeting people online and in person. Um, The next one is talking about how play dates are not just for the kids. Yeah. I used to really not like the play dates, honestly. Like when my when my daughter was in kindergarten, I'm like, oh, she has a play date. Now I have to go and talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like I will admit I would get nervous. Yeah. It was almost like a first date for me. Oh. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, are our kids going to get along outside of wherever they knew each other? Mm-hmm. And am I going to get along with this parent? Because normally the play dates, for my case, like, it sounds like yours too. Like, we didn't do a lot of play dates before my kids got into school. Yeah. Because my kids didn't do like a childcare center or anything like that. They, they were watched by my mom or by mm-hmm. me. I didn't have that connection of other friends, obviously. So for me, it was always like a first date. I'd be like prepping. I try to like stalk people on Facebook oh, when really? I could find out about them. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of pressure at a play date. You know what? What's a really good thing that's kind of like a play date? Mm-hmm. Kids' birthday parties. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. That's a good place to meet people. That's also like, it's so funny. We would be going to the birthday parties. And now mm-hmm. that you mentioned that, like my kids would be so excited that they get to go to, I don't know, like Chuck E. Cheese or the park or whatever. And I'm sitting there getting anxious, putting on six different outfits, trying to figure out like what I'm going to talk about yeah. next because... <laughs> You made plans for these. I oh, never made I did. Plans. I oh, think yes. I think that was that was your coping mechanism. My coping mechanism was just to freeze and not want to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically I was in flight mode and you were in like the freeze. die freeze the like freeze. you were the possum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fight or flight. I was just the freeze. Yes. yes. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, 
rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Yeah, so like, it's really interesting. So so I guess the point is like, you can use these playdates that your kids have as an opportunity to meet other people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, and again, like you said, you don't have to don't have to become instant friends with them. And that's another thing too I'm going to tell you. Like your kids can be friends with kids and you don't have to be friends with their parents. Yeah. It's cool. That happens. But there's always a good shot. I remember when I met my son's best friend, Landry, his mom, Jen, Mm -hmm. who is now one of my really, really good friends. But when I first met her, I was like, oh, are we going to like click? I'm not sure about this. And then like the more I got to know her, like our, we had both of our kids that were similar in age and had a lot of personalities together. And then the more we talked, the more I was like, I'm pretty outgoing, but mm-hmm. she she makes me look like a like a wallflower. She's gregarious. Gregarious. It's, it's a nice word. I was an RA <laughs> and the RA who came before me, that's how they described her as gregarious instead oh, of like me who was not <laughs> those, are, those are big shoes to fill. Yes. Oh, my are, goodness. They're big, big shoes to fill. But, but you know, I mean, it like happened. it made it so that it was easier because now flash forward eight years later, the kids are still great friends. And now she's one of my best friends. But there were other friends that my kids have that I just I talked to the other parents kind of lightly, but mm-hmm. we never really clicked. Yeah, I do that with dance moms. Yeah. Yeah. I like all the dance places I've been to. Usually I have an MO. Like I go in the first year, I kind of like assess the situation. So we're getting at the end of the first year for my daughter's new dance studio. I've assessed and actually the moms at this dance studio are really friendly and they're wonderful (laughs) and they're very opening and welcoming. And it's just like a totally different experience than before. Not, of course, for you, because you were at the dance studio, the other one with yep, me. Yeah, I brought you there. So that doesn't... I, you brought I don't, me there. And I you, don't see that as being... And you were kind of the social lubricant, because I was like here, <laughs> and like I would go so far, guys, as to like not know anything that was going on. I'd be like, Brie, what do I need to do today? <laughs> 
it worked well. I liked it. <laughs> yes. But I mean, looking at like your kids' activities, yes, it is kids' activities, but you can always look for friendships in those activities as well. It's not just for the kids. It could be for you too and a great way to meet people. Right. And also when you have friends in those activities, you can then like have someone to vent to. If you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to drive across town. And you're like, oh, I know. It is very nice to have those people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings us into our next one, talking about growing that friendship. Mm-hmm. Like you have to put some effort into getting to know somebody. Yes. Right. And like for those of you that are like really anxious, really nervous, or just super, super, maybe you call yourself an introvert, Make a goal, man. Maybe like meet one new person and put effort into meeting that one new person for like, you know, one new person every six months or a year. Yeah. And I'd love to be more than that. But hey, for growing a friendship, I feel it's pretty it's pretty easy. Like we put a lot too much thought into it. And something that I actually tell kids in my book, Me and My Friendships, is that you just have to ask questions. You have to ask your new friend questions because no one wants a friend who talks all about themselves and then doesn't ask them anything about, you know, them, you know? 100%, yes. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people going into friendships, they feel like, oh my gosh, I have to be so interesting. Like, this is how I felt. So I have to be so interesting and funny and I want to make them laugh and I just want to be a joy to be around. And I thought so much about me that I forgot about the other person. And in order not to forget about the other person, you just have to ask questions, especially if that other person isn't forthcoming with information. Right. Like, and that was my thing. If I would ask questions and someone gave me one word answers, I always assumed that that just meant they didn't want to be my friend. Oh, means so they're shy. That made it hard. I'm, yeah, so, you're yeah. right. Like, because I, I could put effort into it for a certain period of time. And then I just felt like I couldn't keep doing it because oh, yeah. that, self, that self-doubt was in my head saying, oh, they're not answering you because they don't like you. Well, it has to be a two-way street for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be the one putting all the effort into the friendship and expect the friendship to go on like we are just talking about a friend that like like I'm the one who initiates everything mm-hmm. and then that friend doesn't even return texts or calls yeah and, <laughs> and you're it, like okay yeah yeah that's a hard one because friendships also are like anything else they ebb and flow sometimes they're great for a certain period of your life and then they kind of go away for other periods mm-hmm. and if someone's not answering you that would make you think that you're done yeah right and then it sounds like when you were telling me the situation like sometimes you guys run back into this friend and then they act like nothing like yeah oh, yeah it was just totally fine because like hey that's not cool here's the other edge of it like I feel like sometimes as a friend mm-hmm. I, I do that to people I definitely do that to people I see their texts come up and I'm like I can't right now I can't answer right now I can't answer right now and then I don't answer and it's nothing against that person it's just usually that I have so many I mean it sounds horrible to admit this out loud but like I, I just have so much other stuff going on that I put a pin in it to answer it later and then I never do so it's never personal but it's always it's, I'm sure it doesn't make people feel good, but oh my gosh, nobody even, is perfect. Don't even get me started on putting a pen in things, like especially when it comes to texts or yeah. messages. Like someone sends, so if you know me, you know that I am forgetful. So there is nothing worse than when somebody messages me, I see it when I'm doing something else and I do that whole like, oh, I'll get to that later. Yeah. And then I don't remember until like weeks later. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm too embarrassed. I do this to my <laughs> sister-in-law all the time and I feel really bad about it. Oh man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I see that. Oh, that's going to take, I need to talk to my husband. I need to figure out this, this. Okay, I'll answer that later. And then I forget. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm so thankful for people that know that about me yeah. and embrace it and are like, hey, haven't heard from you in two weeks about this. And I'm like, oh, crap, dude, my bad. She she sends me a quick text. It's poke. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm back. That works. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. All right. And then our last tip is we kind of just were talking about this. Make that time. Yes. For these friendships and protect that time. Protect it. If you say you're going to go to a happy hour, make that happy hour happen. Right, right. So like Joey and I have talked about our group of mom friends that we have. Mm-hmm. It's kind of great because it, it started as we all were at the same school roughly with our kids. And then each of us brought in like one or two other friends into the group. So mm-hmm. it's kind of grown that way. Yeah. And then now we're all in like different cities. Our kids are now all different ages. But we still have that core of like, hey, we all enjoy each other's company. Let's hang out and do something. And we have to fight for that. Yeah, because something I've learned is that we have to schedule way in advance with our group because yes. all of our lives are extremely busy that if we don't get it on the calendar, we cannot find an agreeable time. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one thing we have to start doing is like you said, like just putting it on the calendar because our group's kind of big. It's not yeah. just like four of us. Like mm-hmm. if it was like three or four people, I think we could figure that out. But it's like 10. Yeah. So it can it's get fun hard. Group. Fun yes. group. But it's so much fun. <laughs> so and it is so worth it when we do it. So just just kind of remember that, you know, make that standing event. Introduce your friends to one another. Mm-hmm. You might find that there's other people that w- are like really thirsty for friendships too. Yeah. yeah. Like we just went kayaking. I know. I know. Saturday. That was so fun. Kayaking after you've talked about it for three years and I'm like, okay, I'll go. Yeah, I know, right? And then what See, happens? I, I have a hole in the kayak. <laughs> it was fine. It was yeah, all good. It was fine. Nobody nobody drowned in the river, but it was interesting for sure. Yeah. So. so a quick recap for you about how to find those friendships. Number one, seek out other moms. Look in play groups and recreation classes and online. Yep. And play dates aren't just for the kids. Nope, they're not for the kids. And then grow that friendship. Give it time to grow. Give it space. See that friend a lot as much as you can. Right, right. And respond to their texts. Respond sure. to their texts. Yes. And then make time and protect that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we hope that you are inspired to go out and find a new friend or uh, just look for more friends if you feel like you need them, which everybody needs friends. Everybody needs friends. So even if you don't think you need them, I can guarantee you, you do need friends. Because if you're feeling alone, like no one understands you and you're really overwhelmed by parenting, one or two good friends who get you will make a total difference in your life. And if you're not sure if you need friends, here's a little tip Mm -hmm. or a little quiz for yourself. Have you talked to anybody older than your children in the last week? (laughs) If not, you might need some friends. Who's not a family member. Right. Who's not a direct family member. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you and we will see you later. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.